Hi, everyone. Bear with, I'm just getting my notes. Um, so my name's Jenny, for those of you who, who don't know me. Um, I am the youth worker here at Mount Sandal, and Wallace and I have been coming here for about um, three years, I think, maybe a bit more, maybe nearly four. Um, so thank you so much to everyone involved in making this morning happen. Um, and a very special thank you to the children and young people for the drama and the song. Um, I often find it quite nerve-wracking to get up here, even if it's just to make an announcement. So I personally think what they did was really brave. Um, and also, um, I whispered to my niece, who's only three, um, during the song, maybe you'll get up there and sing someday. And she said, yep. Um, so even even if you feel like you're not doing much, you're inspiring, you're inspiring young people because um, that she sees you and she wants to do that as well. So really well done. Um, I'm going to talk for about 15 minutes or so, maybe less. Um, but before that, I'd love to just pray um, and then we'll get started. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are here. Um, whether or not we're acutely aware of it right now, God, you're always with us. Um, so I pray that each of us um, would be made aware of that right now in this moment. And I pray as we explore this story of the shepherds um, and of Mary that we would um, that we would be aware of you speaking uh, speaking to us afresh, um, maybe highlighting to us things that we weren't aware of before. And we ask these things in your name, Amen. Um, just a little note to say that I, I will said this at the start, but I think that's it. Um, uh, the kids are totally welcome to walk, run around, play, whatever they need to do. As I was preparing this talk, I had a 30 kilogram dog like barging in on me every time. So I'm used to the distractions because he was like trying to jump up on me while I was typing. So I'm totally fine with the kids running around. It's totally fine. Um, so the drama that the children and young people did spoke to the fact that the Christmas story tells of this consistent part of God's character. And that is that he brings those on the outside in. Everyone is welcome and everyone is invited. That was one of the lines in the drama. I think that is really beautiful. Um, and then the passage that Steve read there um, zoomed in on one, of, one group of these unlikely people who found themselves right there at the birth of Jesus, and that was the shepherds. And as I was thinking about what to speak about this morning, I actually tried to avoid the typical Christmas story chapters of the Bible, like the start of Matthew and the start of Luke. And it's not because I don't like them, um, but it's because I made the same mistake I often make when I approach the Bible, and that was forget that it always has something new to say to me, no matter how many times I've read it. Um, I fell into the trap of thinking that because I've heard these passages year after year, um, already a couple of times this year, um, that I didn't want to bore you guys with the same old, same old so as a result of that, I bounced around different parts of the Bible, um, and I just couldn't settle on anything, so I decided, okay, I'll just read through the Christmas story, and I'll see if anything stands out to me in a new way. And I prayed a bit of a desperate prayer. I said, God, please speak to me through this, because I have no idea what to say. Um, and what do you know God did? He answered that prayer. So very simply, I want to share something with you this morning that God highlighted to me in a familiar story with familiar characters that really made me stop and think. And just a note to say, if this isn't a familiar story to you and these characters aren't familiar to you, um, that's totally fine. Um, and I really trust that God's going to speak to you through it as well. But if, like me, this is really not new to you, um, maybe right now you could just say a prayer to yourself, um, to God, um, and ask him to speak to you in a new way through a familiar story. I'm just going to get my clicker. I wasn't prepared. Let's just hope this works. Um, so in a nutshell, what I noticed was this. There is such a contrast between the shepherds and Mary in this passage. I wonder if you see it. Um, there's a difference in pace and there's a difference in response. The shepherd's story is filled with a rush of excitement and awe and wonder. 
And then there's this little sentence about Mary that carries an air of stillness, a moment to pause and to breathe. Um, and Steve read it in a way that really showed that. It was really effective, the way he kind of sped up as the shepherds were approaching um, Jesus and then slowed down um, at this sentence. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I'll maybe touch on another translation of that verse later. Um, but maybe this is something you've noticed loads of times before, or maybe it's also new to you. And the verse in itself isn't new to me. I've read it loads of times. Um, but the difference in pace really was I hadn't noticed that before. And either way, I invite you to journey with me, first looking at the shepherds and then at Mary, and maybe what we can learn from both of them. Uh, so Steve read the shepherd's story to us. I did not realize that font would be so small, so I apologize. Um, an angel appeared to the shepherds and told them that the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. Just imagine that you are one of these shepherds. We're told they were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Basically, it was a normal day, a normal night. They were doing their job. And imagine in that context, a normal day playing out in a normal way, and suddenly God's messenger, an angel, turns up and he completely changes everything. You now have a front row seat, an invitation to visit God become human in the form of a baby. It's a pretty wild day at the office. But it's not unique to the Christmas story. This isn't just a feature story at the beginning of Jesus' life, like a dramatic entrance, and then when he grows up and begins his ministry, God's going to start doing things the expected way, using the expected people. No, this is actually the very character of God. The Christmas story is surprising, but it's entirely in line with his character. He's the God who sees people that other people don't see. He's the God who invites everyone into his story. He's the God who welcomes, the God who calls, the God who loves, the God who uses the weak and the humble time and time again. And the drama talked about that loads, didn't it? But back to the shepherds. With this angel appearing and changing everything also comes a change of pace to the shepherd's story. Um, we start with this pretty peaceful image. It says they're keeping watch over their flocks by night. Well, fair enough. There might have been lions or bears or whatever coming for the sheep. Um, but the passage doesn't actually mention that. So in my head, it's a pretty peaceful image. It's quite still and it's quiet. But as soon as the angel appears... Suddenly, fear and excitement and awe and light are all injected into the story. And that really sets the tone for the rest of it. The shepherds' awe and amazement are really evident throughout. Firstly, through their fear of the angel, my guess is they haven't really experienced God's presence or voice in such a tangible way before. And suddenly, his messenger and glory are right there in front of them, surrounding them all around them. And then, through their response to the angels, immediately they're like, let's go. And the text literally says they hurried to Bethlehem. Then, through their response to seeing Jesus and realizing that what the angel said was actually true, they spread the message and then they were overflowing with praise for God. So their, their awe and their excitement and their wonder are really evident. And that's such a whirlwind. And I don't exactly know how long all of that took, but when I read it, it felt like it happened in about 10 seconds. And obviously it didn't. Um, but I think that's a really intentional way of telling the story, to capture the excitement and the awe and the wonder of the moment and the immediacy of it all. And what can we learn from that? Well, I can't remember the last time I responded to God in such a way, in wonder and in awe and amazement and excitement and in urgency to tell others. And if you asked me, I'd be able to say, yeah, that's a totally appropriate way to respond to God and his glory. I'm a Christian and I believe that I have the Holy Spirit, which is amazing because that's what I've been promised as a follower of Jesus. But the last time that the excitement and the awe and the amazement gripped me to the point where I just had to tell everyone around me 
That's a really challenging question for me. We can learn so much from the shepherd's response. God is worthy of our wonder and of our praise and of our excitement. God is worthy to be the topic of our conversations and our interactions with others. The shepherds teach us how to let our gut reactions to God's glory and presence and voice pour out as a natural overflow of worship. And often if I experience answered prayer or the peace of God or a glimpse of his glory, I do feel that rush of excitement. But then by the time I maybe share that with one or two people, it really gets dimmed down and it's not by the people. It's just, I just kind of lose it a little bit, like after five or 10 minutes. And I have an example of this um, really recently, as some of you knew this, I had a really bad headache and it kind of started descending into migraine territory. I had the blurred vision, I had the nausea. And I thought my day is a write-off. It was about two o'clock and I thought, I can't do anything I'd planned for the rest of the day or the night. I'm going to send a message to a couple of people and ask them to pray, and then I'm just going to go to sleep. Um, so I messaged a couple of people, and I fell asleep just expecting the rest of the day to be a write-off. And I woke up about an hour later, and the nausea had completely cleared, which never happens when I have a migraine. It's usually like that for the rest of the day. Um, and my vi bird vision was gone, and my headache was starting to lift. Um, and I was really excited, and I thought, oh, God is so good. And I messaged the people I'd asked to pray and said, God's so good, he's answered my prayer. And then I just kind of went about my day and kind of forgot that God did that. Um, and I did the plans that I had originally planned to do. Um, and the day was great. Um, but what I noticed about this story is that the shepherds don't stop. Like they're overflowing with praise even after they've seen Jesus and they're, they're telling everyone. Um, and, I, and I just wondered, you know, why does my excitement stop after five minutes? And then I suddenly forget that God answered a really miraculous prayer. I, I have a lot to learn from the shepherds. But now let's look at Mary. So there's this buildup of excitement where the angel appears and they tell the shepherds everything. They hurry to Bethlehem and they see the baby and they tell everyone their story of the angel and everyone is astonished and amazed, but, but what? But Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Or as the NLT puts it, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Mary's response is different. There's this fast-paced build-up, and then we're invited to stop, to pause, and to breathe. Everyone else was amazed, but Mary. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, does that mean Mary isn't astonished by God? Mary isn't amazed by God? Are God's timing and his miracles and the sending of angels not worth her astonishment? Well, I'm pretty sure that's not what the but Mary sentence means. I was chatting to someone this week about this passage and they pointed out to me that the story would still make sense if this little line about Mary wasn't in it. It would still flow. It would still tell the shepherd's perspective and their point of view. It would still end with them telling everyone and overflowing with praise. But this line isn't here by accident. It's meant to be there. So why is that? I think it speaks to Mary's experience of God. A couple of weeks ago, uh, John Mark talked about Mary's encounter with an angel, and through that we saw that Mary was a person of deep faith and radical trust and patience. She had to wait a long time to see these promises come to fruition. In Mary's encounter with the angel, she actually had a similar response to the shepherds. The angel also had to tell her, do not be afraid. But when we get to the point of the shepherd's story, we meet a Mary who has already encountered God, who has already begun to see his promises come to fruition in her life. There is a depth to Mary's faith that perhaps wasn't there before when we first met her in the story. And therefore, in a sense, she's maybe not as surprised or caught off guard by the shepherd's story, or at least not as much as everyone else is. I almost like to imagine her responding to the shepherd's story of the angel with, oh, you guys too, or maybe as the drama put it, welcome to the story. 
But back to the question I asked when I first noticed this, which was, does this mean that Mary wasn't amazed by God or in awe of him? No, I think her awe and her amazement just looked different. It doesn't say, but Mary knew it all already and had it all figured out and wasn't surprised. It says she pondered or she kept these things or she thought about them often or considered them. There's definitely still a hint of curiousness there. Mary doesn't have all of God's ways figured out. None of us do. But she has encountered God. And that changed everything for her. And when we encounter God, it changes everything for us. Mary paid attention to her previous experiences of God, and that shaped her future experiences of him. And as I was thinking about these two different responses, I initially thought, well, who do I want to be? Do I want to be the shepherds, or do I want to be Mary? Which is it? But as I considered it more, I realized it actually isn't an either-or um, situation. They're both there in the story to be challenged by. They're both there to be inspired by. I am challenged by the wonder and the awe and the excitement of the shepherds. I want to respond to God's presence and glory in that way. I am also challenged by the depth of Mary's character and faith, that she knows her God and his character, that her encounter with him completely changed her, just as I'm sure it also changed the shepherds after this story. I want to pay attention to my past experiences of God in order to deepen my relationship with him and trust in him going forward. This story has me asking, am I astonished by God? excited by living my life with and for him? And also, am I living in the daily reality that God does amazing and astonishing things? Am I expecting God to speak to me and those around me? Am I in a place of contemplating and pondering the things of God? What does it look like to live in this way, in both of these ways? Those are the questions that I am left with. Am I astonished by God? And am I living in the daily reality that God does amazing and astonishing things? And as a result of these questions, I'm drawn to getting to know the character of God more and more so that I can live into the wonder and amazement and depth that comes with it, just like the shepherds and Mary. And I really hope that you feel that call and that draw as well. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to invite the band up um, to sing our final song. Um, and also just to say, if anything from this morning's service, I believe God speaks in a myriad of amazing ways. Um, he could have spoken to you through the drama or through some of the worship. Um, he could have spoken to you through what I just said or through the Bible passage. Um, but there will be uh, two people up here to pray at the end. And if you would like someone to pray with you, um, please respond in that way. Um, and you also don't have to come to the prayer team. If you want to grab someone around you, you can do it that way as well. Um, but let's pray and then the band will come up. Father, thank you um, that you speak to us um, all the time. Um, and God, I pray that you would just open our ears and our hearts this week um, to how you're speaking to us um, this week in particular, this day in particular. And I pray um, as we have thought about the shepherds and have thought about Mary, um, that we would feel called into deeper relationship with you, um, that we would be filled with awe and wonder and excitement, um, but that we would also go deeper with you and not be as surprised when you do what you do, which is answer prayer and show up in our lives and because we know your character and we expect you to do those things. So God, I pray that you would teach us how to live in this way. Amen. <laughs>